0: All right, everybody. So I've had a lot of people reach out to me, giving me a lot of support for signing the People in Tech podcast. And I want to really first say thank you for supporting me. But this anchor platform has been amazing and been changing my life, getting me connected with some people in this industry that I never thought I would actually get to not only have conversations with, but learn from. And I know some of you who are tuning in are asking, Caleb, how'd you start a podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, keep it simple, the answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and we Ridiculously easy to use. My very first episode I did for my iPhone 6 Plus. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too. So you can get paid to do your own podcast. Hop on the Anchor platform so we collaborate and build this community up. You know, one thing I love most about Anchor is that they're constantly being innovative, you know, allowing podcasts to leverage music, get sponsorship, get paid, and ultimately be the best content creator you can be. So if you've always wanted to start your podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Gender bias, salary differences, sexual harassment, These are all things women are facing in tech, and that is what we're going to be talking about on today's episode.
1: Have you ever
2: felt? Are you listening? You're listening to the People in Tech podcast, a technology show that's made for the people.
0: Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. Welcome back to the show, day one listeners, and today we have an exciting episode, Women and tech. Now, I know some of you who are the avid listeners, you saw me put up this episode and take it down immediately, mainly because I wanted to make sure I was protecting our panelists as I want them to speak freely on today's episode. And I actually, listening to the episode myself, I was like, no, we need to put this one back in the lab, work with our editor and make it a little bit better for a day one listener. So I'm sorry for the delay, but this is going to be part one. We're going to be going over all things women in tech, some of the challenges they face, and we're going to keep it 100% authentic. We have three lovely women on the podcast today. They're going to be our special panelists, and I'm going to be the host slash moderator. It's going to be a great episode. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Women in tech. Women should be running tech. That is just my two cents. Thank you day one listeners for supporting the show. Make sure to check out our patron account to help us create better content and give me a performance boost. Now for the episode. Enjoy. You nerds. Alright, now like I said, we have three lovely panelists, but out of the three lovely panelists, we have a returning guest to the podcast, Catherine Forden. Now Catherine was fine revealing her name, I'm going to give her a second to speak about, you know, what she does and what she's a specialist in. But again, this episode, we're really going to be diving deep into a lot of different topics, but I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let Catherine start us off and be giving our other two panelists' doppelganger names. So even if you hear me say a name, it's not really their name. But Catherine, let's start off with you. What do you have?
3: Sure. I am currently a solution architect in e-learning, and I got into tech doing infrastructure, software, and hardware, and moved into lead engineer and then director for 20 years in the IT field
0: before e-learning. All right. And our next guest?
1: Yes. um, So I have been working in the IT industry, doing uh, purchasing for hardware and software, as well as um, uh, most recently uh, becoming a project manager, managing projects for services um, in the IT industry.
0: And our last panelist.
2: Yeah, so I also do project management, and I also um, do a lot of training um, on software for clients and internally to our company, and um, I manage the support team uh, at, at my current position as well.
0: All right, so it sounds like we got some project managers, some people who are organized, some people who actually get stuff done. I'm excited. And again, thank you, Catherine, for helping set up this episode. This one wouldn't be possible without you. And make sure to go check out the e-learning episode we did with Catherine a few months back. But let's get into it. Let's talk about some real things women are facing. And let's start off with the first question. What are some of the challenges women face in tech? And Catherine, can you kick us off?
3: Uh, Some of the challenges I have faced are definitely being treated differently where I had the same tech skills as a guy. I was essentially their support staff at one company. And then, uh, pay is a huge one that I've ran into sometimes being paid a third to a guy in the same position, um, with equal skills and another one, uh, doing face to face work. A lot of things have come into play with the way you dress Are you overweight? Are you too skinny? Young, old. A lot of those attributes are, I guess, evaluated or put on women a lot more harshly than they are to their male counterparts in the tech field.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. I kind of with that. Um, definitely the appearance, um, plays a huge factor I I do feel like women are are more harshly critiqued when it comes to appearance um, and age as well. So, okay, totally, I I definitely agree
2: with that stuff. I would also say that, like, I don't know, I I find I find myself thinking about the way that we talked to one another and and how just um, communication. It seems very different a lot of times um, in the tech world than it did in other, you know, workplaces that I was in before kind of getting into the tech world. I um, mean, kind of the focus being shifted from, you know, like a something closer to like a nonviolent communication or something to um, sometimes just like outwardly aggressive stuff in, in heated discussions, um, I think is also been a challenge um, because of the whole like, oh, she's a B word or whatever, because, you know, a lot of times women are take it, perceived that way when really they're being, you know, just as straightforward and commanding as their male counterparts. And um, so like as a woman who's been in a position of leadership or management um, in, in the IT world, it seems just kind of like that's a a big double standard too. And in addition to all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that too. I also feel like that, um, for me, I've experienced situations where a customer may not take something that I've said seriously, but when a man says it, they take it to heart and maybe I don't have, I have to explain things more or kind of justify my reasoning behind stuff versus, If a man was to just state, you know, here's the the solution for your problem, then they would take that, you know, as,
3: as face value. I totally agree with that. I've been on site when I have recommended, you know, a new server replacement that the old one would not last. And they just brushed me off until their server actually crashed. And then, uh, they told me that I wasn't forceful enough in my recommendations.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I have another question for you, ladies. Being a male, I feel if I were to tell somebody to do something at work, hey, go get me a coffee, finish this task, write this code. I look like a leader, stern, like get this guy a promotion right now. But I don't feel it's the same way for the female counterparts. I really believe it comes off as, why is she stuck up? Why is she so mean? Oh, she has problems outside of work. How do you handle that?
3: It really depends on the person. And it's not just men when you're in, you know, a leadership role or project management going into another company. But usually the threat is from a guy, especially in IT, you know, I get a lot of pushback. But um Because I've been an outside consultant, ways that I've counteracted that is put sometimes the squeakiest wheel on the project as a liaison or someone that I tell them I need help from them. And that eases the ego issues that I run into with a lot of guys, especially if they're older. That's probably the problem I've had the most is with someone that's at least 10 to 20 years older than me. And is male versus someone that's twenty and is male.
1: You have to kind of alter your communication style to understand that that's that's something that you can be perceived as, and so maybe using different communication styles to counteract the idea that you are a bitch (laughs) and be more about the well-being of the project or that you're you just trying to take the lead in something.
2: Just doing the management that I do, like I've noticed that I, I've definitely made a concerted effort to, I don't tell people to do anything outright anymore. I ask them 500 different ways and I use a lot of self-deprecating humor. And <laughs> <Right. clears throat> there's like all these tools that I have to employ to like make sure that they know that, I'm their coworker and I really care about them and I want them to succeed. And could they help me with this thing? You know, it's like this whole laborious little dance that I have to do in order to get people to do the things that I need them to do without also just like, they're just like, I don't like her. She's a bitch. And I'm not going to do the things that she says. And then we all like shoot ourselves in the foot. Sometimes it's, it's wild how much how much more labor that is for us to right. have to think about all these like different tactics and tools that we have to be able to pull out just to navigate basic this is my job to tell you what to do and
3: i think part of that is you know knowing of the two of you also on the call with me is that we're all very direct and assertive and when you add direct and assertive to female in project management or any kind of supervise your role, just the personality of being direct alone gives us backlash instantly. You know, you have to walk in and go, oh, did I hurt your feelings? I'm so sorry. And it's, a lot of times it's not just with men, but for some reason being a, an assertive, direct female throws not only a lot of guys off, but women too. And that needs to change.
0: All right. We've covered a lot of great topics so far. But here's my next question. In an interview setting, how do you directly or indirectly ask how women are treated at this company?
3: It depends on the interviewer and how quickly you can assess the person that is interviewing you. And that's very, very difficult. And... If they can lead you or you can get led to that question and you have an idea if it's okay, I would say there's a possibility. But if you walk in saying it, you're going to intimidate them and you're not coming back.
2: I'd agree with that 100%. If my current boss knew what kind of a raging
3: feminist I was, <laughs> I would've, we would have never worked together. That would have just been a non-starter yeah but a frat boy womanizer is okay, hopefully right
0: okay. let me throw another question at you, ladies let's talk about salary negotiations. How is that different? How is that handled? What are some of the challenges women face when it comes to compensation in the tech industry?
3: It's very complicated, and I have fought over that internally with myself for twenty years and it's taken me 15 years to at least come to a way to handle it. I was a um, lead support engineer for a company, and I found out, and my boss laughed at me, and said I was a sucker. A year later, but I was paid a third less than the guys doing the same job, and they all asked for shares of the company, and. I didn't even know that was an option. They didn't even give me that as a possibility. So just as a female, you know, I got cut a whole lot of other benefits because I didn't ask, didn't know to ask. And the guy interviewing me actually thought it was pretty funny that he screwed me over.
1: I agree with that. And I actually started taking on a number of uh, accounts for service management and found out later that I was making less than half of what a male was making at the same company in the same role and who was managing less accounts than I was and played a less crucial role in the company and that was very upsetting. Um, Catherine and I used to work together back in the day when I was first starting out in IT and I really commend her for kind of letting me know like no you need to fight for everything you get because you're not going to just be handed it. It's not just going to be a scenario where they're going to come out and be like, yeah, I'm going to pay you equal pay as as someone else, like a male. And that has definitely defined how I handle things moving forward in my career. I definitely try to understand what the going rate is and fight for equal pay. So,
2: You guys, I just spent the last year in salary (laughs) negotiation hell. And I cannot tell you how many times I wondered if I was being completely screwed over because I was a woman. Um, I negotiated for a hefty salary increase, which was completely warranted. Um, being, being with the company for four years and really being the like, you know, number two around there. Anyway, I was promised a, a new compensation package And eight months went by, and I didn't see a dime of it. Um, So I don't know if, you know, maybe this is a question um, back at you. Caleb is like, have you ever negotiated for a raise, been told you were going to get it, and then still didn't have it eight months later?
0: Well, ladies, we're at the of bubble here. But unfortunately, every place I've worked, they've either asked me to be the president, the founder, the CEO, the director, the manager, the manager of managers. They understand that I'm the host of the number one technology show out there. Never actually had to deal with salary negotiation or compensations or any type of benefits moving forward, simply because they know I'm the guy to get the job done. But all joking aside, yes, I do believe there is a discrepancy but men asking for more money, better benefits, shares, whatever the case is compared to the woman counterparts. And till this day, I'm still unsure why we face those challenges.
3: But I'd like to add a couple things. One, what I've noticed over the years is asking for a raise or negotiating that initial salary is really a game of poker. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go in and not show. That you really want the job and any desperation, and actually go in and say, I'm worth XYZ. And I think for females, and I think even more so after I had kids, it's, am I really worth this? You know, sadly, at least guys have testosterone backing up their ego. Women have hormones <laughs> like taking them down. <laughs> and it's also, There's a lot of good that plays into that too, because when I'm working with a group of people, I think, what is it like being in this person's shoes, you know, someone that's a complete asshole that day, and I step back and I give them a little bit of a breather. I don't know if that's because I'm a female or just because, you know, that's how I recognize people. For your position, just because I know a little bit about it, your raise was barely hitting industry standards. I know! And, the, <laughs> and you didn't get the raise that an entry-level person would be at, not someone that's experienced like you.
2: No kidding. And so, you just like to elaborate on this for one second. When it <laughs> finally came back around, I was like, listen, man, we agreed on something, and you haven't followed through what's happening. He almost fired me.
1: He tried
2: yeah, to make me fear for my position when I know good and well, the wheels would fall off without me. Exactly.
3: No, I agree
1: word. with what kind of Catherine was saying about having to have like a poker face and not let yeah. your emotions, which you know females can be emotional, and it's difficult because you have to control your emotions or you lose that game. And, I feel like that is such bullshit, you
2: guys. Let's just like riot right now and just bring emotions back because I cry when I'm angry and that guy I cried and I don't think I should feel
3: any kind of shame yeah you know I'm hot-headed Irish and probably all of you know it really takes a lot to get me pissed right and when I do blow yeah I cry and you better run (laughs) but it's way farther than any guy I've ever worked with. But I do wanna add, what I've learned to do in the last few years is, I will upfront say, I am horrible at pricing myself. Especially when it compared to men doing the same job, I constantly undersell where I should be. And I turn around and ask the person that's interviewing me that's asking, I say, what do you think is a good rate or range that I should ask for? And you know, if we're dealing with the egomaniac, they usually talk because they are now helping me and they knew I needed help all along. And two, if they're very against saying anything, it might not be a company I even want to deal with. So getting someone to answer that question opens a window into the company and their personality. And I got to say, you know, I had talked to a company that wanted me to contract for them and I really wanted the work and, you know, I said, well, you know, I don't know where I should price myself, I know I'm going to be a subcontractor for you, blah, blah, blah. And they came back, and I was thinking 55 bucks an hour. That would probably be
0: great. It's going to be consistent.
3: They came back with, oh, we should put you at 85. I'm thinking, ah, oh, shit, I'm glad I asked.
0: Well, I'm happy that one worked out for you, Catherine. Now, ladies, me being a handsome African-American man working in the tech industry, occasionally I have to deal with discrimination. Now, I found my own ways to deal with discrimination internally, However, for our day one listeners, can you elaborate how women face and handle discrimination in this industry?
1: I think I've experienced not just discrimination or different opinions on me and my skill set based on not just the fact that I'm a woman, but that I got started in the technology industry very young, and I look young, which is great, <laughs> but... Now I've been in the business for like 10 years and, and have developed such great skills that in addition to being a woman, I find that people look at me and they think, wow, she's too young to know how to do a good job. And so how I counteract that is is typically I have to just prove myself. It has to come from them interacting with me. Like Catherine mentioned, finding kind of colleagues that same mind and Defending them and, and having them kind of vouch for my credibility, but then also just doing projects with people and showing them that I'm not just some young person that can't forward and doesn't have the skills. And I find that after I do a, a project or two with the difference in opinion uh, moving forward, they come to expect the level of service that I do provide
3: and they and they don't question me so much. But you had people instantly assume you were dated or married to someone. That's why you got the job, right?
1: I used to work in uh, vendor relationship management and I would be meeting with partner companies from the top industry leaders of it. And there was three questions that they would typically ask me. One was how old are you? (laughs) Which is very strange for someone to ask you right off the bat. Who are you related to in the company? And are you married or in a relationship with someone in the company because they could not comprehend how I could be in the position that I'm in at such a young age? And that's something I don't think
3: most men really get as <laughs> questions, and that you're very pretty. well they I think your looks played into it right. And I've been on the other end of it being overweight and female. I've had amazing interviews and conversations on the phone and I walk in and they're like, oh, she's fat, she's lazy, let's get rid of her.
1: Which again, I don't think a, a male has to deal with.
3: <laughs> no, we've all worked with very overweight IT guys. I do wanna say one thing, when it comes to the finding the males in the company that will work with you, a lot of times, one, they're gay, or two, they're not white and that's usually the people that end up being my best friends and that I get along with the best. So it's men that have dealt with discrimination themselves.
2: Uh, Just to slip in here, the way I combat (laughs) discrimination is I just call that shit out all the time to my employer. I am constantly being the killjoy in situations where it's like boys club or like not best practices or whatever. I just...
3: I go full throttle with that. (laughs) I think you can do that internally. Yes. But if if you're the consultant or you're dealing with a client in one way or another, your hands are tied. Oh, I totally hear that. I'm just. That's the hardest one. I did work for a company that was complete frat boy, it was one of the number one global virtual server companies. It was one of their top partners and they'd throw these parties at conferences that were 10, 20,000 open bar pole dancers, all kinds of stuff. They would have poker nights in the office for the guys only. And I was told by my boss to treat somebody that was completely rude and abrasive and a womanizer like a rock star. And this company, I had recommended someone for a tech position and guy, but he had three boys and he and the guy that was interviewing him, my boss bonded over baseball. And the guy told him that he coached his son's little league team. When he left, my boss said, Oh, we can't hire him. He's got family responsibilities that are just going to get in the way. So the biggest issue with tech comes not only for women and sometimes men, it's the family issue and Silicon Valley wanting 60 plus hours a week and can't fit a family in with those kind of expectations. Google's got it right with daycare, flexible work, from home options. And not everybody at Google can do that, but if you're up the food chain, you can. But the whole job sharing and being able to incorporate your family makes better workers and more productive workers. I've seen it. I've hired those people. Um,
1: I've struggled. I think not necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's because I'm a woman, but maybe it's just the startup environment that I've been involved in. But getting people to properly cover me for vacation time. My company offers vacation time and they offer sick leave and stuff like that. But I find that I can't really take advantage of those things. And like, I'm currently pregnant right now. And so going into trying to think about maternity leave, for example, is something that, uh, first of all, my company hasn't been very pleasant about. But then also, it's kind of the pressure has been put on me to kind of find someone to cover me in that situation. And I think if there was more job sharing or coverage for those types of positions, it makes a better work environment for everybody.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Thank you so much for bringing up pregnancy because that is the next question I want to ask. As a male, I have no idea, can't speak to this fact this topic at all but i would like our listeners to have a better understanding so please can one of you elaborate you know, what are some of the challenges you face when you're expecting to either start a family or add on to a family
1: absolutely i think i was a little bit afraid to mention that i was pregnant to my current boss um, and I had to have a you know conversation with him at a certain point because I didn't want to just spring it on him <laughs> before I was due. But, uh, you know, having to think about how to properly approach that situation, I don't think that's something that most men have to think about. <laughs> and then trying to decide, because I wasn't offered maternity leave through my company, trying to decide how I'm going to make it all work. Luckily, California state offers a great maternity leave, at least partial payment for uh, six weeks. So that was hugely helpful. But there's several states, there's only about three states in, in all 50 that even offer some form of paid leave. So it was definitely a very stressful situation. It was a situation that took careful coordination I'm fortunate enough to work from home, but then at the same time, that means in my boss's eyes, I think that I can be available and there wasn't such a push to to really find someone to cover me or to think about how, you know, the last weeks of my pregnancy were going to affect me personally. So it's it's definitely something that has to be thought about and it's definitely something that I don't think most men have to deal with.
3: And it's another issue with, um, working and, you know, a company knowing, Oh, you know, we've invested in this person. Right. And when I went out on maternity leave and I think it's still the same in California, they don't have to guarantee your job back. They have to guarantee you some sort of job with the same pay. So you could actually lose your job. I was incredibly career oriented not family oriented when I did get pregnant. And then I was director of a consulting company an it consulting company for broadcasting. I had this whole vision that I'd be back and I'd have a bassinet in my office, you know, and my boss who was the absolute most amazing boss I've ever had in my entire life just kind of said, okay, that would be great. Okay. And, uh, when I gave birth and he came over and saw me at my house, he's like, I knew you weren't coming back. I didn't even tell him I wasn't coming back. But you could have the best intentions and giving birth to a baby, I didn't go back. That was not me at that time. I think. Go ahead. Sorry. I just, they need to consider that it's not personal. You're not taking it out on the company if you change your mind.
1: Right. And I think also the mindset that you have is, is this fear that this is going to be a negative factor in your employment. So whether you have the greatest year while you're, you know, nine months while you're pregnant and you sell as much as you've ever sold or um, manage projects perfectly and bring in business for the company, at the end of that year, you may not want to. You know, like you can ask for uh, compensation or something like that, because there's this fear that the fact that you have to take maternity leave for
3: any given amount of time is going to be a negative factor. You know, I've been there twice now. And after giving birth and being out of an industry for four weeks in a tech industry, which you know, everything changes sometimes in a week, I did feel completely useless. And I'm sure the pregnancy hormones or lack of played a lot into it. But it was like, I'm worthless. Nobody's going to want me my your brain is definitely not the same. But, you know, you adjust and you find out everything's fine. But I think women also, I know for me, My requirements on myself are so hard and so harsh and so high that trying to keep up with everybody in the industry at the level I think I should was not practical.
0: Well, thank you, Catherine, for sharing that. And thank you again for all our lovely lady panelists on today's episode. I apologize for delaying the publication of this episode, but we had to do it right. We had to go back in the lab, and we had to do the day one listener's justice, and we had to do it right for all the women in tech, as we covered a lot of great topics today today. And if you are listening to this show, make sure to check us out over on Patreon because we actually didn't divulge the entire episode, guys. We actually have some behind-the-scenes footage and the first five subscribers, first five Patreons to our account, we will actually provide that footage for uncut, explicit, and us talking about real things that all the women and all the tech people in the world want to hear, and they know what's going on behind the scenes. But again, this is a great episode. Thank you for being on this show, ladies. This was a topic that I really needed help discussing, as I can not discuss it myself. Thank you again, Catherine, for putting this together. And hopefully, we'll be doing an episode in the next coming months to dive deeper in some of these topics we discuss. But for now, I'm out. Oh, wait. If you're listening to this episode, guys, make sure to share it, subscribe, comment, five-star, share with your family, friends, nieces, spouses, nephew, cousins, aunt, uncles, everybody. If you are a woman in tech and you're struggling with some of the things we discussed today, Share it with your male counterparts. Make them realize these are real things. And the only way we're going to actually start addressing and solving these problems is if we start the conversation. So make sure your counterparts are joining the conversation. You guys know the motto. We are here for you. I'm out. Peace.